Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. My name is Ron Phillips. I'm here with Heather Marchant. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and man, we're, we're excited for another really great show. Got a, we, got a, we always have a really good topic. This is really, this is really good, too. I don't know that I'm going to get as fired up this time as I did last time, Heather. But, but this, is, this is a really good topic that people, especially people in the real estate world, need to know about. But before yes. we get to that... A couple of things. We we appreciate everybody's uh, feedback. We got some more feedback this time, right, Heather? And so yep. we we want to start off with that. You can find us at getrealestatesuccess.com. That's where the podcast is. My other company, which we're going to talk about in just a second, is at rpcinvest.com, rpcinvest.com. And man, look at look us up, reach out. We'd love to uh, connect with you and talk to you both about Give the us show recommendations, and recommendations, yeah. Yeah, just about everything else. And that's actually somebody contacted us, Heather, and was like, hey, like, uh, enjoy the show, but what do you guys do? Like, <laughs> why are you doing this show? Um, so question. maybe we should tell everybody what we, what we do, Heather, and who we are, what our real regular company is. So the Get Real Estate, Get, Get Real show is about getting real about life, about business, and about real estate. And those three things were not chosen by accident. They're things that I care about. And since it's my show, we talk about things I care about. We also talk about things you care about, so long as I also care about them. And that's how this works. <clears throat> but Heather, we, we run a real estate company called RP Capital. And, and we help our clients buy rental properties all over the country and um, facilitate a whole bunch of things that go into that, which some of which we're going to talk about today in this particular topic. But yeah, if we can help you guys... Uh, if you have questions about real estate or you want to get into uh, investment properties, specifically rental properties, both one to four units and, and even up into um, some smaller commercial or larger commercial for that matter, let us know. We're happy to help you out. It's party. Yeah. I mean, Heather, we this this so the reason we don't really talk too much about that is that this show has never really been about me making money off of it. It's just um, or that we get business. We we actually do though. We have people who call yeah. us up and like, hey, we heard about you on the on the podcast and we want to sure. know more know more about what you do. But this is has always been just kind of a passion project for me. I enjoy this. This is fun. I get to rant about things <laughs> like <laughs> I did last week. I get to rant about things that I care about. And I get to just share things that I that I've learned over a couple of decades of doing this and running a business and and because I'm in business and, you know, Heather, we, we work a lot, but we also have lives. That's a big main thing that we do is have lives. Yeah. So it's our, always our focus as a company that we're focused on family and being able to spend time with what, who matters most in our lives. So that's right. And having fun because that's one of our core values. Always. Incidentally, we're going to talk about another one of our core values today, which is a, which is a big one. That's not really the topic, but we are going to talk about it for sure. Let's dive into it. This is a topic I think that came up from some feedback from yep. some of our some of our clients actually, not necessarily yes. podcast listeners, but but our clients. And that is how to know when to bail. Yep. 
when is the deal so bad that it's time to walk away? And how do you know? Right. Because, <laughs> or, or how is it, how do you know when it's, when it could be bad and maybe it's not even really bad yet, but it could be bad. Yes. I had a client that said to me, am I just like a pain or am I overthinking this? Like I, I'm feeling nervous that I'm being difficult to work with. I've had probably that, five or that 10 client. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I, you're not. This is, this is they're all valid questions. The pain in the neck clients that are over the top or rude. I don't work with them. So because <laughs> we fire them around we our place. Fire them, yes. We just, just fired one yesterday. As a matter of fact, um, we, we, we will, we will leave them nameless uh, on this show, but we fired one, uh, yesterday. So yeah. yeah, we're not scared to, uh, we're not scared to fire clients. Um, the ones who are a pain in the butt, That's right. but the ones who ask really good, solid questions and are trying to understand those are not people that we, we fire. We fire rude people who, yeah. who treat team members, both in our company and outside of our company, less than they should. Uh, those people don't get to work with us. So let's talk about this topic just a little bit, Heather, because this is this really is important, <clears throat> and I think we're gonna we're gonna go after this today as if it's just a deal, right? And it's not necessarily a deal with us. We'll we'll give you a couple of examples of things that we've seen, but as we go through. But if you're out there trying to do this real estate thing, you need to understand some of this stuff yes. just in general, right? So that's kind of where we're going to come from today is that in general, what should you look for? And the first thing is know your numbers. And Heather, I mean, talk yeah. to us just a little bit about this because, because if you're trying to put your own deal together, this is really critical. We, we just yeah. went over how to run a, a pro forma, mm -hmm. right? So talk to so, us a little bit about that. How, how, what does this mean? Know your numbers. So when you are evaluating a deal on your own, um, we have staff in our office that their job is just evaluating deals. So we don't... All the deals that come across our desk, most of them we don't end up doing. So the numbers that are critical, obviously, are your fixed expenses. You want to obviously make sure you're cash flowing because that's the whole name of the game in our opinion, of course. But taxes. So if you're buying a property and the seller got it for a song and they're rehabbing it and fixing it up, you want to make sure that the taxes are accurate and they're not based, they're not going to be changed once they raise the price $60,000, you know, so you got to make sure your taxes are right. And that's pretty easy to do. I call the county pretty often, the local county and make sure the taxes are accurate. Um, and they a can tell of, you, huh? a lot of counties too have them online now where you can just yeah. put in the sale, the, the price that you're buying it for. They'll tell you what the tax is going to be. It's super yeah. easy. Because that one can sneak up on you. Um, mm -hmm. You will see an estimate in taxes if you're using a lender, especially. They're going to make sure that you're okay there. But you will see that eventually. But you'll be kind of farther into the deal, maybe past due diligence by the time you really have an accurate number and, on taxes. And guys, if you're buying larger deals, I mean, that's one of the things that I think people overlook. And man, that is a, that is a big deal. Yeah. Um, if you miss something on a $5 million deal and you don't calculate your taxes right, that could be a major, major mistake yeah. on your, on your cash flow numbers. Yep. So then I would say insurance is your other, another fixed expense, making sure that if, if there's any issues with the property, like a flood zone or something like that, it will increase your tax, your insurance exponentially. So you want to make sure that you have that number solid property management, that you know what your property manager is going to charge you to manage the property. So it's easier for us on our team because we have all of those relationships set up by market. 
So mostly we're, we have a fixed insurance cost. We have a master insurance policy at our office. And so it's not as painstaking, I guess, as if you're putting together a one-off deal on your own to vet every single one of those numbers. But last, I would say to make sure you know if the lease on the property, if there is one, that it covers the tenant doing lawn care or any miscellaneous um, or having your um, utilities any of the utilities, if the tenant is not paying it, paying them and you as the owner are paying them, that can also make or break your numbers. Yeah. And make sure you vet the, the lease amount. So if, if it doesn't have a tenant, make sure you, you vet the lease amounts and you know, vet it with a couple of property management companies. And when you do, don't take the top number, which goes to my second point, which is don't force a deal. Yeah. So many people, especially in the market conditions like we have now where deals are really hard to come by, they are for us too, folks. So, I mean, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get out there and, and find hundreds and hundreds of deals. You cannot force a deal. That is the, one of the, that is such a rookie mistake to take yeah. a deal and go, oh, okay, well, I think if I just, if I could just get another $50 of rent here and I could just lower the insurance a little bit here and I could, you know, play around with these numbers a little bit. But you've got to know whether you're forcing a deal or if those are legitimate numbers, right? Oh, you have yeah. to use legitimate numbers and not force deals. Right now, it's it's critical because you can have a property manager giving you the top end of the rent range in February to say, oh, you can lease this property at $1,200. And then you find out, well, not right now because there's not as many people moving right now. So right now, you're going to have to lease it for $1,100. Or that's, that is something that is also common. Yep. So. yep. So just like, guys, know your numbers. Okay. And if you don't understand, then you shouldn't be doing the deal. Go yes. get some help and then do the deal. Yes. Right. So don't, don't do deals that you don't understand the numbers and never, never, never try to force a deal. Ask me how I know that. It's, it's, it's yeah. I don't want to. And it's really know. easy to do when the deal looks so, so good. Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> Especially if you're like me, I'm naturally, I'm, I'm a, I'm a salesman. And I, if, if any of you out there are salespeople or you live with them, <laughs> they can sell themselves really easily. Like yeah. we are salespeople and we can talk to ourselves and we can sell ourselves. So just know that about yourself and know yeah. that you, if you need a second set of eyes, get a second set of eyes on your deal, right? Yeah. Um, I love that you said that because our, our team um, with acquisitions on properties, it is a two-person team for that reason. One person tees up the numbers and the other person reviews them just to make yep. sure that you're not, you're just not going to get stuck in that. And if, you're, if, you're, if you are a person out there who's running a company similar to this, the, one of the other mistakes that I've seen made in our industry is setting up bonus structures oh, yeah. in the wrong way. You cannot incent your acquisitions people to bring you the most amount of business or you're going to get the most amount of business, not the best business. Yes. You have to incentivize the right things, right? So, man, I've seen that done. Oh, Heather, we've seen <laughs> back before 2007, we saw that yeah. so much. It was, it was disgusting actually. Yeah, for um, sure. And things have a way of coming back around. So a few episodes ago, I talked about all of the guarantees that are out there on investment properties, which, you know, that should make you bail, but we've already discussed it. So I'm going to leave it alone. But man, when somebody starts guaranteeing you everything and then they call it an investment, it's not an investment, right? So just, you know, be careful out there. Yeah. Um, so this next thing is inspections. And we, t 
we talk about those too. Um, we were just talking about an inspection that we saw a little while ago. We see a bunch of things, right? Both inside of our company, the people send us and also things that clients send, send us that they want us to look at. All, we see all kinds of stuff. And one of the things we recently saw was, was on our no-go list, right? So we have a go and a no-go list uh, in our office. And this was a no-go. No-go. Yeah. Foundation. Foundation issues are a no-go. So and you get an inspection report back and it has, you know, and let me make sure there are foundation issues that are really easily fixed. Yes. Right? So long as we make the repair by a reputable company that actually will will put a warranty on their work mm-hmm. and their reputable company, that's fine. But when the wall's bowing, when the floors are sagging, when like when you've got to jack a house up and rebuild the I'm out. I'm yeah. out on massive foundation problems, big structural cracks, things like that. That's a no-go at our office. Yeah. Um, I would suggest it should be a no-go at your place as well, unless you're getting a screaming deal on that thing yeah. and you're willing to roll the dice. Um, yep. You're making enough money on it that you could cover, you know, 30 grand or something in remedying a foundation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if there's I mean, a spread in the deal. Yeah. I mean, um, another yeah. one of our no-goes is flood zone. I've had, I've had uh, a seller just uh, two weeks ago reach out to me and say, "Hey, I know you don't normally do flood zone stuff, but this property really great one. (laughs) This property shouldn't be in a flood zone. Like it's you know it's kind of marginal." And I said, "Well, go ahead and fight and get it off, and then bring it to me." I'm like, "We're not. We don't mess with flood zone." So yeah, man, just uh, you you don't need to. Yeah. You know, there are more deals out there. You do not need a flood zone property. And as a matter of fact, we had a uh, package deal we bought a couple of years ago, a little over 50 single family homes. And there were three or four, I can't remember, that were in a flood zone. And the guy's like, well, you got to take them or leave them. We're like, okay, well, we're leaving them. And then ultimately those got taken out of the package <laughs> um, because it was going to kill the deal. We just took them out. Like you, you can sell these off yourself. Why, why are you killing this deal over three houses? Yeah. Uh, we didn't want them in our package. The, the, the cash flow got killed by having the, the flood insurance on them. And so, you know, it's not a matter of if your property is going to flood. It's going to flood. It's in a flood zone. It's going to flood. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. you're going to have to deal with all the issues that surround flooding in your property. So don't yeah. do that. All those aerial photos after hurricanes come through. I had my property in North Carolina. I had a client reach out to me. I'm really nervous about the hurricanes that came through. And I looked at the news and I looked at all the aerial footage of the flooding. And then I talked to our property manager who said no house was affected <laughs> by any flooding that they manage or anything. And I went, oh, those are probably flood zone properties that they're yep. you know shooting all the hype online with, look at how bad this is. Like, well, those people bought in a flood zone. So. Yep. And they knew it. They knew they were buying in a flood zone. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you, you, if you want to roll the dice with those, knock yourself out, but you better know your numbers, yeah. right? You better know what, what it means to you if you're going to be there. And then anything else that's on an inspection report that's major, that's going to skew your numbers if it's not fixed, right? If you get an inspection report and it says the roof has two more years of life and you know that's going to cost you 10 grand, you better figure it into your numbers, right? Yep. And if they're not going to fix it for you, then you, and you know now that you're going to have to replace it, You better figure it into your numbers. That's that whole force a deal thing. Don't force a deal because the numbers look good now when you know you've got a $10,000 roof you're going to have to put on. Exactly. So after you get done with kind of all of that piece of this, there's some pieces that you just can't... How do we say this, Heather? There's some pieces that 
I can't put them down on paper. Yeah. I can't teach you these, the next couple of these. It, it's going to be really difficult, but I'm going to... Like by feel kind of, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, we'll do, we'll do our best and we'll give you some examples of these things. But the first one is just trust your gut. And we have a, we have something internally in our office where, you know, when our clients call up and Heather, you know this because I've, you've called me, you know, on several occasions, like, but this is such a good deal and they just don't feel good about it. I'm like, well, then tell them to cancel. Like, you know, yeah. we, if your gut says, don't do this. Don't do it. Well, what the hell would you, what, why do you need me to tell you? Like, are you calling me to try to convince you to do it if your gut's telling you not to do it? Yeah, that's a good point. We just yeah. don't do that in our office. And you need to trust your instincts. Sometimes they'll be wrong. I'm, I mean, you know, sometimes maybe it's indigestion. I don't know. But it's safer to trust your gut than it is to go, man, I knew that. Yeah. I knew it. I felt it. And then you closed on it anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. We just had a, my wife and I just had a house under contract um, that we were going to tear down at the beach and build a, a brand new home. And we were moving forward and we were excited about this thing. So, right. So now force, don't force a deal goes out the window when it's your personal house. Right. So yeah. uh, it really doesn't, but in this case, it kind of, especially did, for right? Ron. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have, I have mentally moved. My wife and I were, I mean, we would walk in front of this house on the beach like <laughs> several times a week. I mean, we, we had mentally moved to this place <laughs> and this house was God awful, horrible, but the lot was awesome. I mean, it was a really cool lot. Well, there was this one piece of due diligence that I needed to do and it kept getting pushed. I never really felt too comfortable until I had this piece done, but it was during the holidays and people were on vacation, what have you. Well, we were like literally two and a half, three weeks from closing this deal. Um, and it was not a cheap deal. As you can imagine, it was second row on the beach. We talked to the HOA guy and he's like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't go that high with your house anymore. So the house that was there that we're going to tear down, we couldn't build it back to the same height, which completely annihilated the deal. And it killed the numbers. And I'm sitting there, we were going to subdivide the lot into two lots, build two houses. And man, it was going to be a sick deal. I mean, we were going to get into this beach house worth a few million dollars for a song, really. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting there with my wife. <laughs> And I start going, well, what if we, what if we cut it into three lots? Can we cut it into three lots and make the thing work? And my wife looked at me, bless her heart, because you know, I'm a deal maker. So I'm sitting there now. This is our personal house, not a, not a, not a traditional, you know, this is not an investment. And, I, and she looked at me, she goes, why would we do that? We don't want a tiny little lot. And you're like, yeah, you're right. And I was trying to force a deal. Yeah. Because I had, I had emotionally and mentally moved into that house. Yeah. Can't do that. You cannot do that. Okay. And my gut, and thank God, my wife's gut too. She wasn't listening to the yeah. salesman. That's why the Lord uh, gave us spouses. <laughs> that's right. She's, we had to trust our guts, right? Yeah. And we had to go have that meeting. Had we not had that meeting, we would have been, man, we would have been in real trouble on that deal. I mean, we, we would have ultimately built a house there, but it would, we would have never been, it would not have been in the same deal that we thought yeah. we had, right? Trust your gut. You got to trust your gut. Okay. Yep. And then I think you, we were going to talk about dishonesty. If you see or feel, which is again, the feel stuff, like something, like something's being withheld from you. So 
like if you have maybe the inspection report is delayed and they're delaying due diligence or things like that, right? Just to make sure if you feel any kind of inkling some, that someone's not being forthcoming with you. So I love what Ron says. He says, look for transparency. Look to make sure that you feel that they're being honest and open with you. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we're sitting, we're sometimes we're sitting out on our island, right? We don't have any idea because we're not there, especially mm-hmm. in our business. And something seems off, I, and I call, and the story that I hear, yeah, puts me at ease, and I go, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now I now I feel okay. So those those initial gut responses. Those are our warnings to, for us to go and actually get the information. It's what Ronald Reagan said years ago, right? Trust, but verify. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if I go trust, but verify in my verification process, I get a story that doesn't make any sense. Now, all of a sudden, that just doesn't feel right. And if I make another call and I get a different story, now all of a sudden, somebody's, somebody's not being above board. And this yeah. just recently happened to us, right? I mean, and you want to talk about forcing a deal, you put yourself in put yourself in my company's shoes here because we have a twelve million dollar development that we're doing with some some other folks. We're doing a twelve million dollar deal, and and as many of you know, we we pre sell these these deals, right? Mm-hmm. So we have our our people are under contract on a on a lot of property, and 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 we stand to make a lot of money on this deal because twelve million dollars the uh, the commission on that is not insignificant. insignificant. I mean, that is like three quarters of a million dollars. It is not chump change, right? Mm -hmm. So here we are. And all of a sudden, I'm getting stories that aren't making any sense, right? The construction's slowing, and there's only so many times that it can be weather's fault. Yeah. There's only so many times that nothing can be happening on a project and then the story continues to get altered. And then, you know, we get a little more information and the information is that, well, the tax numbers were off because of XYZ and now the taxes are going up. And, you know, on a deal like this, you know, there's ways that you can manipulate the numbers to make up for that kind of a loss, right? Yeah. Lower so the interest rate. That's not the end of the, of the, the yeah. game. But the lack of transparency and then... When the stories don't line up on multiple occasions, and I've and 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 you learn that someone has been now just straight up dishonest. It's not like they made a mistake and they owned up to it and said, "Man, we just we just kind of screwed up with the city and it's drug on." It's a straight up dishonest statement or three in a row that don't check out with other people that I'm calling. Then what do you do? I mean, then what do you do, right? You have to be able to look at a transaction like this, even when there's a substantial financial upside for you. And you have to look at the players and you have to say, is the possible upside here worth my downside risk? Mm -hmm. And what is my downside risk on this deal? Yeah. And we, I mean, we had potentially people with 1031 exchanges. So thank heavens that wasn't the case, but also tax implications. I mean, it was, it was not just us. It was clients who'd been waiting for this project to be completed that I had to call most of my clients. I think there were nine clients so, in there. So and, what's the right answer? Uh, I mean, the right answer is, is, is this guys look for, for us, the downside risk was we were going to get our clients into something. Yes that wasn't going to be good for them long-term. And the, the two 
decades that I've spent building a pretty decent name for this company and reputation in the industry could be gone on on one deal Mm -hmm. over three quarters of a million dollars. And I spend money too fast for three quarters of a million dollars to be enough upside to screw over clients, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, You can't do that, guys. You just can't do it. And that's, that's that whole force a deal thing again. Once I realize there's dishonesty, you can just bet that there's a whole lot more that you don't know. Yes. So whatever the, whatever the little, this is like the iceberg, right? Whatever the little tip is, is sticking out that is saying, Hey, there's a little dishonesty right here. And people weren't transparent about it. That means there's an iceberg underneath. Yeah. And so the right answer is we cancel those transactions, all of them. So Ron called me Monday morning and said, this is what happened. And I was totally on the same page. I was a bit of a, like a, oh, that sucks, but it's all right. It's the right thing to do. So I called these clients and so did I called other agents in our office and we all called all the clients that were invested in it. And every single person, 100% all said, thank you. I, I expected someone to be frustrated because they've been waiting, right? Their money's been sitting for some of them, it's been sitting for eight months. Months, months. Yeah. And they haven't invested yeah. it in anything. Now, and that's so that's, say, yeah. that's typical for yep. a... Uh, you know, when we sell something at dirt, yes. it takes months to build, right? But yes. but guys, and, and let this be a lesson as well to anybody out there who is playing in the in the real estate industry. There are a lot of people out here who, out there who think that it is perfectly acceptable to just bend the rules a little bit over here and bend the rules a little bit over there. And you know what? There are a lot of people who will work with you, but we will not. Yep. We will not. And I would suggest to you that it's just as easy to make money not bending the rules as it is to make money by bending the rules. And I mean, all, all of those clients all said, I trust you more now. I have a client that's bought 10 properties for me who said, I trust you more now that, that you would do that for on my behalf, right? Because they understood that we could have closed and made money. They right? understand too. I mean, they're not stupid. They understand yeah. how many properties there were there. It's not hard math, right? Yeah. To know how much money was in it. And when you're talking about a... I mean, think about this, right? If Let's say you have a $10 million company and in like five minutes, you just cancel a million dollars. That's a 10th of your entire year you cancel. If it's mm-hmm. a $5 million, it's a fifth of your entire year. I mean, it's a lot of money, guys. Can we replace that? Yeah, we probably can. Um, But it's going to take us a whole lot of work and a a whole lot of effort internally. But it's worth it. And and you've got to be able to do that on your own personal deals. So... I had another deal that we that we did where um, we raised money to to make this thing happen, and it was all we were almost to close, and there was some there was some challenges with the with the title work, and I called two or three different people to try to figure out what the problems were, and I got three different stories, <laughs> and I called my attorney, and I'm like, hey, like th- this is what everybody's telling me, and he goes, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Let me check into it. So he he, he does some calling, and he gets a fourth story. Oh, Guys, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I don't care. I'm, I no longer care what you say because I can't trust anything you're saying. And since I can't trust what you're saying, that means I can't trust any of the due diligence I did. I can't trust the numbers because I can't trust anything that you guys gave me or that you told me, right? Mm-hmm. And turns out that that project actually meant the person who actually bought it, I found out later, they made quite a little bit of money. And that's one of those deals where had I closed, I might have made money. But I'm not willing to roll the dice when people are lying to me. I'm just not going to do it. So, And for whatever reason in the real estate world, people think that it's okay 
to do that. And I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to understand that. Yeah, I agree. So for anybody out there who's listening that may play in that space where things are gray, they're really not. It's black or it's white. It's either true or it's not. You're either being transparent or you're not. Period. End of story. Right? I totally agree. Bending the truth is never worth it and not worth it in the long run. I have clients that have referred so many people to me just for that reason alone, right? They know I have their best interest above my own pocketbook. So, Okay. So guys, let's recap. How to know when to bail. Probably the overarching largest thing here is to trust your gut. Now, if you get indigestion, you should call and verify, right? Because if you get the right story, you can still proceed. Yeah. In the examples that we gave you, we didn't get the right story. We got three or four different stories and none of them were good. And that means you, you bail, right? And then there's the inspection thing. I think we, we flogged that one pretty good. So just uh, make sure that, you know, when you're running your inspections, you, you understand what's going on, okay? And then know your numbers. Never force a deal just because. Never force a deal. And don't let anybody... I guess the other thing I should say about don't force a deal, Heather, is that don't let anybody just because you're almost to close... Yeah try and force you to do it. Yeah. Or losing earnest money that sometimes it's worth it to lose the earnest money if you're going to. Yep. Yep. Okay, guys. So if you, if you like the show, please share it with, I know I say this every time, like a broken record, but please share it. That's how we, I guess that's how we get paid back. Right. So if you, if you enjoy the content, man, make a comment, but the most important thing you could do is, is leave a review. I mean, throw a five-star review on there and write something kind, right. Uh, about this show that actually helps more than you guys know. Um, and we, we really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, you can, you can find us at rpcinvest.com. That stands for RP Capital, rpcinvest.com. You can see the show uh, or find any of the show notes or anything like that at getrealestatesuccess.com. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye-bye. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, Go to getrealestatesuccess.com.